Link Church, it is good to be back in church today. I pray that you'd be so blessed and encouraged, man. I love, I love seeing you all, even if it is just a virtual world. It's so exciting. In fact, if you were in our building in Salt Rock, you would hear us say from the platform, it would be kind of typical of what we would say is welcome home. That's to say like, good to have you in our space. Like, make yourself at home. Like, make your kids feel at home. Make your, make your family feel at home. Like, good to have you here. But it's kind of changed. It's, it's different now because... You're not necessarily in the building that Link would call home. Link's in the building that you would call home. The church has left the building, as they say. And so I want to flip the question around and say, I mean, you'd be welcome in Link's home for sure. Are we welcome in yours? Like, I mean, we just kind of came barging right in there through Facebook, Link.tv. Someone shared it, a friend intercepted it. And here you are watching the story of faith unfold in your home. And I want to ask you, is, is, are we welcome in your home? And if we are, as Pastor Stephen Ferdick said, what's for lunch? Come on, we're going to just take a little detour now. What's for lunch, Link Church? I mean, if you were coming to my home today, we'd be eating roast chicken and potatoes, like a good old-fashioned roast, family roast around the dinner table. It's cold today, roast potatoes and chicken. But I want to know this. We're going to do something just fun for a second. We're going to get interactive uh, because normally I'd say, touch your neighbor and tell them what's for lunch, but we can't. So I'm going to ask you to comment in the tab below, what's for lunch? So come on right now, wherever you are, wherever you're joining us from, just comment, what's for If we were coming to your house for lunch, what would we be eating? Like I'm hearing, I'm hearing everything from stews to curries to light salads to traditional like sausage and mash and gravy. Come on, whatever it is, come on, just shout out. I want to know and I want you to get the appetite up of our church community, online community. What's for lunch, church? What's for lunch? So come on, I'm seeing, oh, the loinses are going to be hard to beat. I'm going to be honest. The loinses are, oh, they do good lunch. You should know about that. The stones, the stones do good lunch. That's an incredible lunch. Trev and Ponzi and Gamma, Woo, love a little bra, love a little bit of bra. That's going to be hard to beat anyway. Oh, it's coming through. I can believe your appetites are getting. And as your appetites are getting up, I'm going to make a, a, a kind of turn toward God now and say, if you're hungry for ordinary lunch, like if you're hungry for the comments of the lunch that you get to put on your table in your strength and effort, how much more so should we be hungry for the Word of God? Jesus called it the bread of heaven that comes down to satisfy. He said, if you eat of it, you'll never be hungry again. So I'm just, I'm just going to kind of flip this and say, if you're excited for the lunch that's just been commented on, how much more excited are you for the bread that comes down from heaven? The people call it manna. What is it? It's too good to be true. It sustains us in the drought. It sustains us in seasons of uncertainty. The angels, that, or the psalmist called in Psalm 72, the angel's food. I call it the champion's breakfast. So if you are excited, Link Church, to eat of a champion's breakfast this morning? Come on right now, over and above the lunch comments, let's just hit a big amen. Hands, amen, amen. <laughs> I'm, just having, I'm just having fun because, you know, why rush? There's nowhere to be, is there? So come on, let's, let's jump into Genesis 26. I got a message I believe is gonna bless you today. Genesis 26, uh, open up there. And if you can, open up in Hebrews 11, chapter one, as well, Hebrews 11, verse one, sorry. And so let's read Genesis 26. It says this, Now there was a famine in the land beside the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I will tell you to live. Pause. Bank that thought, all right? Stay in this land for a while, and I'll be with you, and I will bless you. 
For to you and to your descendants, I will give all these lands and I'll confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I will give them all the lands and all through your offspring, all the nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. When the, man, when the men of that place asked about him and his wife, he said, she's my sister. Because he was afraid to say she's my wife, he thought the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebekah. I want you to get the spirit of the story. Because she's beautiful. When Isaac had been there for a long time, Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah, as you do. And so Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, she is really your wife. Why did you say she's my sister? Isaac answered, because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, What is this you've done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife, and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to the people, Anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Isaac planted crops in the land, and that same year reaped a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines began to envy him. Next scripture, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. One more scripture and then we're going to move on. Romans 12 2. And do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know what the will of God is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The title of my message, if you're taking down notes, wherever you are, get your notepads out, is New Seeds, New Seasons. New Seeds, New Seasons. And I want to talk about what it looks like to live with faith in a time of famine. Come on, let's pray together. Lord, I ask you a simple prayer today. Father, come and meet with your people, your children. Jesus, come and be present in our homes and in our hearts. And I ask you a simple prayer. Lord, would you teach us what it means to live by faith in a time of famine? Teach us the principle of seed time and harvest. Every home, every heart, every business, every marriage, every relationship, every family. Seed time and harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so let me tell you a little story. My father-in-law, you may know this, is a farmer. Always has been, always will be. He's a farmer. And I've loved experiencing farm life with him. It's, it's looked different over the years. In fact, before I married Tess, there were two things I used to do just to, just to warm to my father-in-law. Rob Heenan, if you're watching, shout out. You're one of the best, you are the best father-in-law a man could have wished for. You're a legend. But what I would do to warm his heart so that I could have his daughter's hand in marriage, just being honest, is I would take farm drives with him and I would go fishing with him. One of them kind of lasted as a joy. One of them kind of faded. You can guess which one it is. But I ain't been fishing for a long time. You got fresh fish, my hand's up. I'd love to eat some, but I struggle in the ocean. And so unless it's a flat day, I'd prefer to be on the beach. But farming's a different story. I would love driving around his farm with him. 
He'd show me the different fields. He'd tell me about the different crops. He'd show me the new crops. He'd show me the ones that have been there for years. He'd teach me about soil. And, and we'd just chat. And it was just such a beautiful experience, to be honest. It's so beautiful to be out there in the, in the what could I call it, the serenity of a beautiful farmland. They lived out in the hills toward Glendale. It was really just such a privilege driving around with my father-in-law and talking about the life of a farmer. And one of the things I started to realize as we would drive around is that farming is very tactical. It can, you can kind of miss that from a distance. You know, you can kind of miss the fact that they're thinking through so many varied conditions all the time. Farming's about timing. Farming's about putting your seed in the soil at the right time, in the right season, avoiding like a weather turn, if you like, where frost may come over and destroy a tomato crop or, or, or a, bug, a, a bug may settle in in the season of summer when it's at the wrong timing and it may destroy a whole cane crop. And, and, and so there's, there are all these dynamics to farming. Timing matters. The soils matter. Uh, the seed matters. And, and it started to give me a real beautiful awareness for farming. But one of the things that really caught my attention, and this is what I want to talk about today, is when you look at sugarcane, it all kind of looks the same. But when you speak to a sugar farmer, he knows the difference. And here's what's happened. Over time, they've come up with seeds or combinations of seeds or DNA, if you like, of a sugar cane uh, a variety that if you plant it, produces well in certain soil. So what farmers will do over time is they'll start to look for the scientists' information to help them understand what seeds produce the best, best crop in these soils. And so although you look at cane, it all looks the same. They're different varieties, N21, and this number two, and this number, I forget the varieties, but, but the different cane varieties are from different seed sources. And that started to speak to me because I started to realize even back then, and now God's speaking to me about it again, that if you want, new, if you want a new harvest, you've got to sow a new seed. And I don't know about you, but if we're really honest, we're living in a time of famine. We're living in a time where if we look around us, the world is pulling back. The world, is, the world is pulling back in a time, I believe, where faith says we should be pressing in. The world is pulling back. It's, we, we're pulling our resource out of business. We're getting scared. We're being scared of our lives. We, we're fearful. We're pulling back. We're selling off. Unnecessary. We, we just, we're just pulling back. And I get it. Fear causes us to protect what we have. It's the natural uh, mindset of fear. Like if you experience fear, you just protect. You just go into holding modes. But how, much you know God, how many of you know God doesn't want us to live by fear, but by faith? Fear, as Ray Bevan said last week, it doesn't deny reality. It just looks to a different one. And so although we can be fearful of the climate of business of South Africa, of the pandemic that's just swept across the world and made us fearful even of our own children's lives or our parents' lives, or what does tomorrow look like? Where's the future going? Has it changed everything forever? And, and fear can cripple. And listen, fear doesn't deny that reality, but faith or faith doesn't deny it, but faith looks to a better one. And I want to speak about what it means to live with faith in a time of famine. New seeds, new seasons. Come on. If, you, if you're feeling excited about this, can I get an amen? Can I, can I hear you shout out? Can you encourage me right now that God is speaking to you through this message? Amen. Look around you. Feels crippled the heart of humanity. People are responding in ways that's often counteracting the faith that makes us come alive. Think about that. We're responding to this moment in ways that's counteracting the kind of faith that makes us come alive. We're pulling back. We're storing everything that we have for a rainy day. Think about the irony of that. When it comes to seed time and harvest, you sow seeds so that when the rain falls, the seed grow, grows. What we're doing in fear is we're holding back seeds. I'm going to speak about these practically just now. But we're holding back seeds for a rainy day. It doesn't make sense. The principle of farming is so 
and reap. Let's go back to the story of Isaac. Isaac is a patriarch. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We call them the fathers of faith, all right? They're the kind of patriarchs. They, they, they showcase for us what it means to live a life of faith against all odds. Now, they didn't do everything perfectly as we'll see in Isaac's story. And of course, no one human ever did other than Jesus in the God flesh form. But Isaac shows us what it means to live by faith in a time of famine. He's living in a land of famine. And he models to us what this can look like. So just a few thoughts as we go through the story of Isaac that will hopefully encourage you today. New season, new season, faith in the famine in Jesus' name. First thing is just be. Notice how Isaac's thinking of going to Egypt, but God calls him to stay in Gerar. Gerar literally means, if you look at its meaning, lodging place. In other words, Isaac needed a place to rest. A place to call home. By going to Egypt, he is becoming a nomad. Friends, can I just preach this over you? We aren't called to be nomads. We aren't called to be wandering around, wondering what to do next. We aren't called. The DNA of heaven in us is for us to root ourselves. The Bible says, plant yourself in the house of the Lord and you will flourish. We're not called to be nomads. I'm going to listen to this voice today and I'm going to take a bit of that church tomorrow and I'm going to to swing about this business idea. No, we're called to be rooted and grounded in a steady reality of home. That could be the way you build your business. That could be even as a marriage, just settling in your home, learning to live with each other. Go figure. It's been an interesting journey. Normally you can take a little ride, but now you've got to figure it out together in Jesus name. And it's good for us. But the first thing we see about Isaac as a man of faith is he learned what it meant to just be. Just be. It may not be perfect to be where you are, but the power of present beats perfect every time. Be present, friends. Be present. Thank you for showing up in this church story. I know our church platforms have been blowing up, but what I've loved is our local community is showing up in the most honest and personal and present way. And I'm just so grateful for you showing up on the platform, in your generosity, in your groups. It's just incredible to see. That's what it means to just be. And that's the starting point to living by faith in a land of famine. So give yourself a high five if you have to. And just know this, just being matters a whole lot. The second thing about this story is choosing to believe. You know, Isaac, he, he eventually sticks around. He's like, all right, I'll stay in Gerar. I'll make myself at home here. And then what he does is he freaks out because his wife's beautiful and he's scared of his own life. So he, he trades her off for his benefits. He trades what is precious for temporary benefits. Like, think about this. Trade off what is precious. Like, let me just get this off my chest. Let me, just, let me just throw it all away. Let me just pretend it's worth nothing. Let me just, in the hope that I survive, friends, that's what it means to trade. But God's calling us to trust. What I love about Isaac's story is he chooses eventually just to believe. It's about trading in our strength and trusting in his grace in this time. I know that this has been so real for me. I've got to trade in my own strength, God, if I can make a plan, if I can move this, if I can just, and actually just trust. And it doesn't mean I don't work, but my posture is different. I'm not performance oriented. I'm not looking for an outcome for my own benefit. I am grace oriented. I'm laying down my agenda for the glory of God, and I'm praying for him to bring the blessing. Listen, God said to Isaac, I will bless you in that land. Isaac then took it into his own hands and traded in his wife, his most precious possession. How many of you know that if we're not careful in this season, if we start to default to human flesh, we will begin to, I believe, trade in what is most precious to us for temporary pleasures or temporary safety. Don't lose it. Now's not the time, I don't believe, to panic. 
You see, when we panic, we start to trade things that are precious. Now's the time to trust His promise and be patient and rested and make slow, wise decisions for our future. A good person, a good friend once said to me, never make big decisions in the fog, in fear, obligation, or guilt. We're living in all three of those. Don't make big decisions now. Make quick decisions, small, agile, quick decisions. Understand, there's moves you need to make in business. There's things you need to do. As a church, we've made agile moves. But let's trust in God's promises. Let's not trade in panic. Let's trust in His promises. Can I get a good amen if you believe God is speaking to you today? In Jesus' name, man, I'm so encouraged by what God is doing in our local communities. And I'm so encouraged by what God is doing in the community of faith in this time. New seeds, new seasons. Thank God for farmers teaching us what it means. And finally, friends, just be, choose to believe, and sow seed. Eventually, Isaac does what he was called to do. Like, eventually, Isaac, come on. Eventually, Isaac settles this idea. Then when he sows seed, God brings harvest. Eventually, Isaac just settles it. And he says, all right, if I'm just going to be here, and I'm not going to make a plan by trading what is precious and just trusting the promise, then I can sow seeds because the same God that promised is faithful to complete. What does it look like for you to sow a good seed today? You see, the blessing, this is almost going to sound cheesy, but I want you to get it in spirit. The blessing in the story only started to flow when Isaac began to sow. The blessing started to flow when Isaac started to sow. I love it how Robert Louis Stevenson, the author of Treasure Island, come on, if you like a good Treasure Island, give me a little thumbs up in the comments over there. He said this, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. I believe God is speaking to us, church. Don't judge today by the harvest that you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. You see, we're so caught up in this moment, judging all our efforts. I failed at business. I made a poor mistake. I can't believe my marriage is where it is. Like my kids don't even know me. I'm not present in the home. And we're judging things, listen, on yesterday's seeds, friends. And you have permission today to stop judging your past, but to be present in this moment and sow seeds that shape your future. So we can see today in the harvest of tomorrow in Jesus' name. We can actually start to assess our current moment based on the seeds that we're sowing. As my father-in-law would teach me, if you want an N21 variety, you can't plant N57. You got to plant N21. And so you judge tomorrow's harvest, an N21 harvest, based on the seeds you sow. And here's what we know about seeds. They're not pretty. It's hard work. It's plowing new soil. It's sowing new seeds. Seeds cost money. Seeds cost time. Seeds cost energy. What are you pouring your time, your talents, and your treasure into in this moment? What seeds are you sowing today that are going to shape the harvest of tomorrow? Let us not get too caught up in judging our current moment. Let us get caught in sowing seeds in this moment that shape the future in Jesus' name. Oh, I'm feeling so encouraged and inspired right now. What if we caught up in a harvest we never asked for? And what if we started sowing some seeds for the future 
we desire. Hey, as a church, we've been sowing new seeds. We've been sowing seeds into the media space. We've created new online platforms. I've been sowing seeds into media equipment, even in my personal capacity, to, to create content and, and bring inspiration to people that inspires and equips a life of faith because we're not in the same room and we're sowing seeds. Listen, not for yesterday, for tomorrow's harvest. I'm sowing seeds in my family. We're eating around the dinner table more than we ever have. Like I'd hate to say it, but if I assess today's harvest, it wouldn't be that good on those, on those grounds because that was yesterday's seeds. I've been distracted. But in this moment, I'm sowing new seeds. I'm enjoying the dinner table conversations. Tess and I have actually been doing a date night once a week. Can you believe it? And it's not perfect. It's just a little bit of cake. And we sit outside and we talk about life. But we're sowing seeds. It's not producing right now. Part of it is. Come on. But we're sowing seeds for tomorrow, friend. I hope you're getting what I'm putting down. You see, Hebrews 12 says, don't conform to the patterns of this world. Don't get caught up in pulling back. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The mind of God says what? I sow seeds in famine and dew of harvest. So don't get caught in the patterns of this world where everyone's pulling back and holding back. Let's live a different life. Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance. In other words, it has modern day activity of things hoped for in that what we desire. Faith operates today. And in the story of Isaac, faith sows seeds in times of famine. New seeds, new seasons. And I believe God is speaking to us. I believe this is speaking right into your heart. You've been distracted by fear and public opinion. And today the Spirit of God wants to get into the depths of your heart by faith and cause you to sow again in strength and sow again in possibility and sow again in faith in Jesus' name. Isaac sowed and reaped a hundredfold in that same year. Here's what I believe. Those who have the courage to sow against popular opinion, against the fear of uncertainty, will reap hundredfold in seasons to come. You're not going to see it today, friends. You're not going to see it in this moment. But in seasons, you will see it. God will bless the seed that we sow. And so I've got a few places I encourage you to sow some seeds. Sow them into your faith this, in this season. Sow them into time and God's word. Sow them financially into the local church. If you're believing for your family to flourish and our nation to flourish and, and, and generations and friendships to flourish, let's believe in the local church. Let's invest in our Bible time. Let's sow seeds into our faith in this time so that in due time, we reap an abundant harvest, a church that shapes the future of this nation in Jesus' name. How about your family? Sow seeds of faith into your family. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if it's prayers for your children every night. I don't know if it's dinner time conversations. I don't know if it's a date night with your wife. I don't know what it looks like, but what do seeds look like for your family? And then lastly, for your future. Friends, I know we've been concerned and fearful of our future, but God is putting courage in the heart of the church to sow financial seeds, time seeds, energy and resource seeds into our futures. Even the future we can't see, but only do it if God's calling you to. Do it if you feel the Spirit of God and it's going to feel intention. Whenever I feel God pulling me in a direction, it always feels counterintuitive to what's going on around me. But let me say it again. Lean into faith. Lean into the possibility that heaven stirs in our hearts and we will reap supernatural harvests. Oh, I wish I could give you a hug, church. I wish I could tell you I love you, and I do, but I want you to know the God of heaven loves you more and the God of heaven wants to bless your seed this morning this evening, in Jesus' name, amen. I love it how Robert Schuller said this. He said, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apples in a seed. As you sow today, as you sow in this season faithfully, 
It's just seeds. And you cannot count the apples in them, but God can. And God knows that as you count your seed and faithfully sow, He will bless the apples of tomorrow. In Jesus' mighty name. I want to close with a poem. It's by a songwriter, Jason Upton, and it reminds us of the value of the farmer and sowing. And he says it like this. And there was a time not long ago where the sun did shine and the sowers sowed. And the rain did rain and the crops did grow. It was a time before machinery, a time before certainty, a time before we bought the lie, a time before the farmer died. When we had trusting hearts and human soul, it was a time not long ago. Let's return to a time of sowing and reaping. Let's not get caught up in the lie of this moment. Let's return to the spirit of heaven and the spirit of faith in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that everybody right now, God, watching this, leaning in from whatever background they are, God, I thank you right now. You'll peel back judgment as they assess their current performance, God. I pray, I pray that you'll peel back judgment. There is no shame in your name, Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right now, I pray, no condemnation and no shame of your people, God. And I pray that as that comes off, that faith would stir for us to sow seeds for tomorrow. Give us the courage, God. Show us where you're calling us. Holy Spirit, I pray. That as you spoke to Isaac, where to stay and where to, st where to sow, that you would speak to your church, where should we be and what should we do with our seed? Speak to us now, Jesus. Our seed is time. Our seed is treasure. Our seed is talent. Where should we put it now? And I believe, friends, that as you lean in in this moment of prayer, God is speaking and he's showing you where to put your seed. And he's asking you to trust him. It's going to go underground and it's going to lay dormant. But when we lean into what he's asked of us, we see supernatural results in time to come. And I thank you, God, that we would just surrender the certainty of the seed to you and we would just sow it faithfully in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hey, one more group of people I want to pray for. I just believe as I've been speaking, you've been hearing this message and just knowing that you've walked away from a life with Jesus, a life of faith. You see, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But it's not that we just read the Bible, it's that we walk with Jesus. That's when faith comes. It's that we choose to trust him, it's that we believe on him, it's that we welcome him in our hearts and we let him be Lord and Savior of our lives. And perhaps you felt like you've walked away from that. Hey, I just want to take a personal moment with you. Just me and you right now. Don't worry about the noise around you. Just you and I. A personal moment to give your life to Jesus or recommit your life to Jesus. And just before we do that, you're going to notice a comment tab pop up in the comments kind of section that says, raise your hand if you want to give your life to Jesus. Why don't you just hit that button? Why don't you just let us know that today you're trusting Jesus? Why don't you let us know that today you're choosing to give your life to Him? You're choosing to trust Him with your life? You're choosing to accept Him into your life? Just hit the button. It would be so encouraging for us to know that we're praying with people all across the world right now. So come on a simple prayer. I'm just going to pray this over your life. God, I thank you that as they choose to trust you with their lives now, you would come and meet with them by your presence and with your Holy Spirit. And I speak a new day into their hearts right now. I speak a life of faith, a life of possibility, a life of fruitfulness into their hearts today as they accept you, Jesus, as the greatest thing to ever happen to them. God, may your kingdom come in their hearts and homes. Holy Spirit, fill their hearts afresh. Fill their hearts anew. God, give them a new thinking. Give them a new understanding. Give them a new day in Jesus' name. 
name and everybody, everybody listening across the world, across the platforms, we say together, amen. Come on, let me hear your amens in the comment tab. There is a celebration in heaven going down, friends, if you gave your life to Jesus. If you haven't let us know already, just hit the hand. Show us that today God changed your life. Friends, it's been an honor to be with you. I pray that in this season you would sow new seeds and it would produce in your life new seasons. Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.